Hey, I'm Eliel Safran. I'm Lindsay Smith. And I'm Solomon Alvin. And today we're going to be talking about immigration. According to Google, immigration is defined as the action of coming to live permanently in a foreign country. Immigration is a way for families to find and live a better life in a new place. Immigration can be rough. Imagine living in fear all the time. Imagine not having a roof over your head and food on the table every day. Many families immigrating from Cuba had to face these problems. Cuba has a communist leader, and because of this, many families living there did not have a lot of freedom. Therefore, many immigrated to the United States and other countries. During this podcast, we will discuss Cuba's history and the people who left. Did you know that the smallest bird in the world can be found in Cuba? The bee hummingbird is as small as a paperclip. It measures 57 millimeters in length and can only be found in Cuba. Cuba is one of those places that is unexpectedly beautiful. However, even though it looks nice, the country has many problems, especially with the government. Because of these problems, many Cubans have left their home country and immigrated to the United States. Cuba is a Spanish-speaking country in the Caribbean near the Bahamas. It has sandy white beaches and tobacco fields, which help to produce the famous Cuban cigars. The country is currently under a communist leader, Raul Castro. Therefore, it is not as advanced as the United States. They limit access to food, transportation, electrical power, and other necessities. Cuba and the United States restored diplomatic relations in 2014 after 54 years. They are now becoming more technologically advanced. However, the country's history is quite tragic. In 1959, Fidel Castro, the previous leader of Cuba, overthrew the U.S. government in Cuba. Eventually, after Cuba increased trade with the Soviet Union, a ban was placed on nearly all U.S. exports to Cuba. As a communist leader, Castro controlled almost everything the Cubans did. This caused a large-scale migration from Cuba to the United States. The Cuban population grew from 79,000 in 1960 to 400,000 in 1970. 400,000 is about the size of a small country in South Asia. So it's quite small. I mean, quite large. Uh, most of the, these Cuban immigrants came to the United States, but others went to Spain, Italy, and Mexico. They left Cuba because of persecution, fear, unemployment, and poverty. The United States offered them freedom, safety, and stability. According to the Migration Policy Institute, nearly 1.3 million Cubans lived in the United States in 2016. This was 3% of the 44 million total immigrants. Barack Obama, the 44th president of the United States, was influential in the process of restoring relations with Cuba. In late 2014, the two countries fixed their issues and restored diplomatic relations. Eventually, the Obama administration eased travel and trade restrictions on Cuba. In the beginning of 2016, Obama visited Havana. This was a major step. No sitting president had been to the country since 1928. Later that year, U.S. airlines started offering trips between the two countries. Today, the death of Fidel Castro and the election of Donald Trump in 2016 have caused new problems. However, relations have improved. In the end, Cubans are influential to, the, to America and its culture. They have been coming to the United States since the early 1900s. The 1960s was the biggest wave of Cuban immigrants coming to, to the United States. Even though we may have some new problems with Cuba, Cubans will always be part of the United States.
The UN estimates that about 224 million people are displaced because they're fleeing a war or averting persecution, mostly to nearby countries seeking an opportunity to restart their lives. Many immigrants <coughs> want to live the American dream and in an environment filled with opportunities. So many decided to come to the United States. The shortest route from Cuba to the U.S. is only 90 miles, but Lisette Barrio is scared on boats. So she decided to take an alternative route, which stretched to over 8,000 miles. The people we chose to talk about were Lisette Barrio and Marta Amaro. They are two close friends and neighbors from Cuba and were immigrating to the U.S. in order to have more opportunities. In their home country, Lisette supported herself financially by jumping from tourist to tourist as a girlfriend all the way to an escort. Meanwhile, Marta made $5 a day working in cafeterias, hospitals, and for some time in asylum. On May 13th, they boarded a flight headed to Georgetown, Guiana. The very night they landed, they found a smuggler who put them on a van for 18 hours to Brazil instead of driving northwest towards Venezuela. This was primarily because of the dangers and violence that was occurring in Venezuela. They crossed the Brazil border by canoe, then made their way to the nearest airport. Once there, they boarded a flight to southwest Brazil, saving countless hours of driving. Once landed, they hired a taxi to take them to Bolivia. Eventually, they boarded a bus to Lima. At this point in their voyage, each of them has spent $2,300 of the $8,000 that will total at the end of the trip. Lisette is paying for a majority of Marta's fees. Lisette had a boyfriend in Chicago who she met during a vacation stay. Then they crossed into Colombia on horseback and made their way to a chicken restaurant where the next smuggler was waiting for them. A day later, they took two buses all the way to Panama, then rode motorcycles to a boat, crossed an inlet, and switched a horse all the way to a cabin in Havana. They crossed into the jungle, walking over brutal hills. Eventually, they got into an SUV, crossed the river into Honduras, then entered Guatemala the same way. They reached Mexico by boat and finally caught a flight into Mexico City. Once in America, Lisette briefly reunited with her boyfriend in Chicago and then moved to Miami, Las Vegas, Portland, Oregon, and recently back to Vegas. Marta has settled in Miami with her son and is looking for a steady job. The Cuban government has caused many Cubans to leave their home country. Cubans come to the United States either by land or over the water in a boat. This is where the wet foot comes into play. Cuban immigrants are probably familiar with the phrase wet foot, dry foot. Wet foot, dry foot refers to a policy that allowed Cuban immigrants reaching America by land to get into the U.S. and gain citizenship after living there for a year. As for immigrants who came by ocean, according to wet foot, dry foot, they would be turned away. At the end of his term, Obama chose to end this policy, meaning that regardless of how a Cuban reached America, without asylum or a visa, they would be turned away. More recently, with our current president, Donald Trump's election, many wondered whether he was going to reinstate the wet foot, dry foot policy or keep it as Obama left it. He chose to not reinstate it. Some people believe that the demise of wet foot, dry foot was long overdue, while others mourn its death. The claim to support wet foot, dry foot is that it was a guaranteed beacon of safety for Cubans who wanted to leave, and sometimes the only path to freedom. It was a sure way out. If they could just get to the U.S. border by land, then they could stay. This way, Cubans who are really upset with the government could just leave. People who opposed the policy said that it would give an unfair advantage to Cuban immigrants opposed to immigrants from other countries, as well as inspiring Cubans to make dangerous trips 
in an attempt to reach the U.S. Havana resident and taxi driver Daniel Sosa said, That law killed a lot of Cubans. They should have ended it a long time ago. Another issue people have with wet foot, dry foot is that when you let the citizens outraged with the government leave, then it releases tension and prevents the masses from revolting, preventing potential change. In future immigrant generations, wet foot, dry foot won't even be part of the equation, and it'll be interesting to see what the future brings. As you can see, Cuba has a difficult, difficult communist history that has caused many to leave and come to the United States. The voyage can be long and hard as we saw through the journey of Lisette and Marta. And policies like wet foot, dry foot make things more complicated. Thanks for listening to our episode on Cuban immigration. If you like this episode, make sure to share it with your friends and tune in next week when we address which kinds of fruit are the least salty. Thank you.